Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Get your Bibles today. We're going to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and 13 through 16 to get our bearings today. With the help of the Lord, I want to help you. I want to help you understand what this means that we're going to talk about today. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. That means gather up your thoughts, be sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So just simply this morning, be holy. Can you say that with me? Be holy. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for your word today. Help us, O God, to dig into understanding this great command. Lord, and I ask, God, that you would speak to us and through us for the betterment of your people. Let us grow by your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So God commands us. Be holy as I am holy. That is a most perplexing, complex statement that I can find in Scripture perhaps. How in the world can I do that? How in the world can I do Somebody say that. How can I do that? I, that, that seems, Brother Joe, like an impossibility to me. It would be just as if the Lord says... Jump to the moon. I've used that illustration before, but I'll use it again. The Lord said, jump to the moon. I can't hardly jump off the ground, much less jump to the moon. How can I do that? The world is on an ever-progressing regression from God and His holiness. The path to disobedience has led them to destruction. It was not too many years ago that, that... that the gulf between the world and the church when it comes to different things related to holiness was not so far. But today it's Grand Canyon in its separation. God says, no matter what, be holy. Humanity is on a vigorous pursuit of uh, stuff, things, wealth, fame, 
happiness. They pursue health. They pursue selfish relationships. The quest for these things seemingly comes easily to some folks. They, they just pursue after this natural thing. I want this. I'm going after it. I like to have that. I'll go after it. Nevertheless, the natural man tends to lean not to holiness but to unrighteousness. It's a natural thing. You don't have to teach your children to lie. They'll do it on their own. They will automatically by themselves do something that you say, don't do that, don't touch that, don't you go over there, you know, don't touch that, and, and, and they'll go like this, you know. You don't have to teach them that thing because there's a natural bent uh, in humanity to be godless rather than godlike. We humans pursue holiness, though, through religious institutions, religious organizations. As humans, we pursue holiness through a list of rules, of do's and don'ts, of an organization or a certain denomination that we follow their structure. Being holy is often then viewed from a personal experience outside of a kingdom understanding. <clears throat> we shape being holy through concepts that we have learned, through images that we have raised, through, through ideas that we have through our environment or our experience, whether we grew up in church or out of church, we tend to decide what holiness looks like by our own prism, by our own understanding. We think it is holiness is, is a, 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 an elderly lady that, is, that has got our, a, a, a Pentecostal hair bun do, you know, way up here. Remember those? We, we tend to think about a man being a, a man that, that, that dresses a certain way or acts a certain way as being holiness. And so we conjure up ideas based on our experience. Can't help that because that's the way that we, we lived and that's the prism we look through. And so we tend to define holiness by where we come from and what we have gone through. The enemy of the soul depicts holiness as a list of restrictions. He wants us to believe that anything related to holiness is legalism, harshness, rules. Hell wants us to believe that holiness is a joyless life, a joyless life, a list of do's and don'ts. Well, you can't do this and you can't go there and you can't be that and you can't look like that and you can't... Who wants to live like that? A joyless life. But I've come to tell you today, a holy life is designed to be a happy life, a healthy life. A, a, a holy life is a life of love and contentment. Uh, amen. Because I think what a lot of people are looking for when they say, I want happiness, what they really want is peace. What they really want is contentment. But they think it's happiness. Well, let me, let me talk to you about the pursuit. The Bible talks about the pursuit of holiness in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, the Bible said, and you've read this verse before, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I have seen this verse 
butchered more than perhaps some of the other passages in Scripture. There are some that will, uh, uh, will move commas, that will move uh, different statements. There are some that will leave off the first part and take the second part. You know, holiness without which no. Well, it says follow peace with all men and holiness, comma, without which no man shall see the Lord. It is interesting when you begin to dissect the word follow, it means pursue. It means to press hard after, to earnestly and diligently go after to obtain. Amen. To desire to obtain. Following peace with all men has to do with my relationship with my brothers and sisters and with the world. That ought to be a pursuit that I have is I pursue peace. Amen. We talked about that in a recent uh, Bible study that we follow peace with all men but also holiness. Holiness has to do with my relationship with God. It has to do with my vertical relationship. So my pursuit when it comes to holiness is not just about my relationship with man. It's my relationship with God. And I need to press hard after it. I need to pursue after it. Amen. It, it refers to a race that is run to reach after. Uh, uh, the, the verb here is a present imperative, which is a command to continually press hard after. Pursue actively. I want to tell you, you and I will never reach towards holiness with a passive understanding of it. We've got to have an aggressive approach to following peace with all men, an aggressive approach of pursuing the holiness of God. But the, the challenge is you've got your flesh that says, no, no. And you have your, 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 the, your enemy that says, don't go there. And so we're battling against this flesh that says, don't pursue peace with all men. Don't pursue holiness with God. But rather, you, you, you just, just live your life. Just do your own thing. Go ahead, cuss them out. It's quite all right. You know, even if you do it in your car, nobody hears you. You know, don't worry about following peace. Don't worry about the struggle with holiness. Uh, D.A. Carson, who is a very good writer, I like reading his books, said, people do not drift toward holiness. People do not drift toward holiness. Apart from a grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience, to scripture, to faith, to delight in the Lord, he said. We drift toward compromise. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking, he says, we have escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and, and convince ourselves that we have been liberated. I want to tell you it's a battle. It's a battle that we're in when we think about Pursuing holiness and being holy like God. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, Paul talks about that and toward the end that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Somebody say, it's here. It's here. 
But he says, but continue or pursue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. It is my observation. This is my, this is my personal observation. You, 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 you may agree or not agree. You may, may think something else. But I want to give you four reasons why people stop pursuing, why people let go. Why people give in to, to, to no longer pursuing holiness to be holy. Number one, they're blinded by the God of this world. Number one, they're blinded by the culture and the thinking of this world. Number two, they are fooled by a fad. What is popular today will not be popular in a few years. What is cool today ceases to be cool sometime soon. Amen. But they're fooled by a fad. Number three, they're destroyed by abuse. Whether it be through harsh preaching or hypocritical preaching or a harsh living or hypocritical life. Amen. There's a lot of people that have been damaged when it comes to inconsistent pursuers of holiness that preach holiness. Insert amen here. <laughs> so they're, they're destroyed by abuse, whether it's harshness or hypocrisy. Now, and the fourth thing that I see is that they're starved and malnourished because of apathy and the lack of teaching and the lack of understanding. But all four of these can be pointed to one missing ingredient. The absence of a personal, progressive, a radical, and dynamic pursuit of God and His holiness. Amen. If I will pursue God, it does not matter what the God of this age has to say. If I will pursue God with all of my heart, I don't have to be fooled by a fad. I don't have to be destroyed by abuse. Amen. Well, I got hurt at church. La ti da. God bless you. Amen. Keep on going because God didn't hurt you. God's kingdom didn't hurt you. Somebody let you down. So far, go on. Move on. It's my responsibility to pursue God with all of my heart. Look, look again at our text where it says in verse 15, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Be ye holy. It's not a good enough to be an upstanding citizen. It's not good enough to be a good dad or a good mom. It's not good enough to be a good neighbor in community. It's not good enough to be a good church uh, member and just go through the motion. I have to be in an active pursuit of God so that I can be holy as he is holy. It's not good enough to follow rules. Amen. Because rules can mess you up. Amen. When it comes to true holiness. Amen. Children should act like their father so that you and I should say, Lord, you're holy. I want to be holy like you. Teach me what that looks like. Let me be, Lord, humble like you. Lord, let me be righteous like you. Let me, Lord, be empowered with your spirit to be holy. Somebody say, I want to be holy as he is holy. Notice he doesn't say be holy as pastor is holy. 
He doesn't say be holy as Bishop is holy. He doesn't say be holy as Aunt Sally is holy. He doesn't say be holy as your husband is holy or your wife is holy or your relative is holy. He said be holy as I am holy. I'm sorry if I don't line up with you right now if you don't understand where I'm at but I'm on a journey. I'm pursuing after him. I'm pushing hard after him. Amen. Most of us would do a whole lot better if we get our eye off of everybody else's lack of holiness and begin to pursue our own. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because he said it is written. God's pursuit of holiness is not a new concept. It was in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's still in context today and still in vogue today. Holiness, what is it? Holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is not church standards. Holiness is not, does not bring salvation. It's a byproduct of salvation. Holiness is not about me being a better person other than me being like Jesus Christ. If being like Jesus Christ makes me a better person, then so be it. But I can try to improve myself. I can read every self-help book that's available. I can study about every way to improve myself and it doesn't make me holy. But if I can learn about him, if I can learn his ways, the one who is holy, the one who is sacred, the one who is set apart, the one who is sanctified the one who is separated from profane things amen I want to be like that so I've got to pursue it it is interesting in scriptural context one cannot be holy without removing yourself from something and yet removing yourself to something it's not just about separation it's about connection with the Lord. God is holy. You know what? Years ago, Sister Gill and I, when we evangelized, we got to eat at all kinds of restaurants, and folks normally would take you to the best restaurant in town. Sometimes that was Shoney's. Anybody remember Shoney's? One place we were at somewhere north south of here, we were, we were, we were taken to a, a steakhouse, and and honest to goodness, it was like eating shoe leather. These were not steaks. They were hides. We gnawed on it. One dear old brother sitting there said, he was an elder in the church, he said, I think I saw this in the market the other day on, in, in the auction the other day, old skinny cow that walked through. But ha- have you gone to a good, really good steakhouse? Ha- have you purchased a really good steak and put it on the grill? Who's the grill masters in the house? Come on, Brother Jason, raise your hand. I know you're one of them. Who's the grill masters out? Come on, Brother David, raise your hand. You know what? You get somebody that can cook a good steak, we will say it is a cut above. It is a cut above. That's what God is. He's a cut above, holy above, unlike anything else. That anything else, that any other God, any other thing, he is a cut above. So he is holy. He is separate. And then he says, because I am holy, be ye holy. We need to pursue after him with a great heart. But but to understand this, this concept, I want us to linger at the word be. B-E. Everybody say B. 
We are to become what God has ordained us to be. We are to appear on the outside what he is making us on the inside. When I began to do some research, I found out the Greek word for be is connected to another Greek word which means to learn, to know, to come to know, to have knowledge, to perceive, or to feel after. This word involves experiential knowledge, not merely the accumulation of facts, but experiential knowledge. Knowledge that is possessed through uh, intellectual process of learning is one thing, but knowledge that is gained by experience through an active relationship is quite another. When you have uh, the knowledge that says, I'm going to be holy as he is holy, it requires that I know the difference between being and doing. I know the difference between being holy and doing holy. We have mistaken being holy for doing holy. That if I do holy, then I will be holy. That's not how it works. I, I will be holy, so I will do holy. Amen. It's not a matter of that if I do this and do that, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to tell you how to be holy. It's to pursue after a relationship with God. To have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus Christ. I won't learn holiness having an intimate relationship with you. I won't learn holiness having an intimate relationship with, with the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. I won't learn holiness by having an intimate relationship with even my wife, but I will learn holiness when I begin to have an intimate walk with God that I experience things in a great way. I am convinced a lot of people struggle with being holy because they're trying to do holy before they are being holy. Somebody say amen. amen. Puritan writer Stephen Carnock said, a man may be theologically knowing and spiritually ignorant. Who's a great example of that? The Pharisees. Theologically Smart, intimately, relationally, and spiritually ignorant. You may be intellectually uh, uh, aware of truth and have a knowledge of truth, but, but do you really know experiment, experientially a surrender to truth? In other words... I can have this is where a lot of people today you look at them and they say, Man, they know the Bible. They know the word. They can quote Bible. They can preach Bible. They, listen, I, I watched them on, 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 on YouTube. I saw them preach and they really know the Bible. Why, why can't they get it? Because it's one thing to have this here, it's another thing to have this here. It's one thing to have it in your head and it's another thing to have it in your experience. When I have experienced truth, truth changes me. When I experience God and I get a knowledge of God, have you ever been in a service? Have you ever been in a prayer meeting? Have you ever been in your altar by yourself with the Lord and it hits you like a ton of bricks and all of a sudden the light goes off and what you see is who you are and what you need to do. Amen. And all of a sudden 
it's about him. It's not about pleasing me. It's not about pleasing my family. It's about pleasing him. I want to pursue after him. I want to be holy. To be holy is to have an experience with truth. My mama can't teach me. My daddy can't teach me. As much as they did, it's got to be me and Jesus in an altar of prayer. It's got to be me and Jesus that says, I'm not doing this because Bishop has taught me, but because Jesus taught me. Woo! Being holy is intimately knowing the Lord. Being holy is doable if that's your pursuit. Being holy is not about how could I act like God? How could I act like God? I can't. I'm not God. Somebody say, I met the Lord <laughs> and I know I'm not the Lord. Somebody say, Amen. Being holy denotes an ongoing, somebody say ongoing, it denotes a personal knowledge with a relationship between the knower and the one who is to be known. How many of you have been married for over 25 years? Raise your hand. Oh, thank the Lord. This year, Sister Gill and I will be married 40 years. Years. 40. I'd like to think I know her better than the day that in this church, it looked a little different then, but in this very building, we said, I do. Way too young. Way too young. Uh -huh. But I like to think that I know her a little better today than I did 40 years ago. I'd like to think that I know the Lord better today than I did at seven when he filled me with his spirit. I'd like to think. The problem is that we get to a certain point and our knowledge of what we knew when we were raised, what we were taught in church, where, 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 where or whatever we've been through, we get to the point where our knowledge here is here and our experience knowledge with him gets to that same level. Then we struggle because this becomes a tradition. I'm preaching right now. This becomes a tradition and we don't want to bump up above that tradition. This generation, as Brother, Brother Hammond so articulately said at a youth conference, this generation needs to quit fighting over what yesterday mom and dad did and get them some new convictions with God. Get them some new walk with God. A man that says... I got, I'm dealing with things in 2022 mom and dad didn't deal with in 1970 and 1960. Amen. But we've, we've got this set up here that that's where it's at. No, my 
responsibility is to be holy means I've got to push beyond that to a new level. Not necessarily letting down, not necessarily forsaking those things, but rather I'm taking it to a whole new level because I'm meeting some new devils. I'm meeting some new issues. I've got some mind problems. I've got some heart problems. I've got issues that it's going to take a new understanding. We are We are guilty. I have been guilty of doing holy rather than being holy. You know how Jesus said it? He said it like this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And thy name has cast out devils? And thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them. Listen to this very carefully. I never knew you. It's the same Greek word. I never had experiential relationship with you. So that my truth could change you. Notice the emphasis here. He says they prophesied. That's doing. They cast out devils, that's doing. And they did many wonderful works, that's doing. My performance is not a sign that I'm walking in holiness. Doesn't matter how many souls I win, how many devils I cast out, how great a work I do, amen, for the Lord. It doesn't matter what kind of message I preach. If Jesus isn't the bottom line and the top line, if Jesus isn't the one that I pursue, it's not a matter about what I do. We are messed up in America because we have equated spiritual growth with how many numbers and what we've accomplished. That's not Jesus' way. Jesus said, be before you do. Don't try to do before you are. Amen. I want to be what he calls me so I can do what he wants me to do. Being speaks of knowledge that arrives through the most intimate experience with another. Being holy is having a close walk with Jesus, not a list of rules. Being holy is having intimacy with him walking with him he said I never knew you I was never in a place to have intimate understanding with you notice what he said in Luke 8 and 32 this very familiar passage of scripture has got the same Greek word and ye shall know Luke 8 32 you shall know the truth somebody say I'll know the truth what does that mean I will experience the truth not just enough to quote scripture. I can debate till you're blue in the face over all this. No, no, you know what? You might can debate, but I've experienced this. It changed me because the, the level of freedom, hear me, the level of freedom you have in your life is directly connected to the truth that you have experienced. 
the more truth you experience, the more revelation of freedom you have in him. The little truth, little freedom. But if you have greater truth, that's why I've got to pursue him. Amen. And say, I'm going to bust above my concepts and I'm going to get to a level that says, let me not just know your truth, but let me experience your truth. Let me have the understanding through both feeling, experience, and knowledge. Truth is more than knowing facts or quoting scripture. It is experiencing it. Jesus said in John 10 and verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. I am the good shepherd and I know intimately my sheep. And he said, and I am known intimately of mine. And the Father knoweth me intimately, even so know intimately I the Father. What is he saying? He said there is such a oneness that ought to be between us and Jesus that is a relationship of close connection that is based on love. A loving, when you say I'm falling in love with Jesus, it ought to be more than a song. It ought to be I am pursuing your holiness. I am pursuing your righteousness. The greater our faith grows, the more progressive our understanding becomes. The more progressive our understanding comes, the more we can fulfill. Be ye holy as I am holy. Somebody say amen. John wrote in 1 John 2 and verse 4, the epistle, or the epistle of John written by, by John the Beloved. He said, He that saith, I know him, speaking of Jesus, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. People say that I have a close relationship with him and I don't keep his commandments, is a liar. I didn't say that. It's right here. Oh, it's right there. I, I didn't say that. If I'm going to know him, and I really say that I know him, and I have a relationship with him, then I'm going to keep his commandments. That means I'm going to be Christ-like in both my attitude, in my words, and in my actions, and in my presentation of self and my lifestyle. I've come to tell you today, being holy is not optional, it's mandatory. It's just understanding how to get there. The passionate pursuit and progressive pursuit of a relationship with God is how I understand holiness. Amen. You find me somebody that's struggling with holiness, I want to point them to Christ. You find somebody that's been in church for a long time struggling with holiness is that they have their concepts that they need to pursue God because he said, it is written, be ye holy as I am holy. Amen. He said in this passage, as it, it, be holy in all manner of conversation, in all manner of life, not just language, but in conduct and behavior and demeanor, both internally and externally. Be holy. Somebody said be holy. Amen. Be holy in all places at all times. Be holy in all ways and everywhere. Be holy in all that we do and we say. Be holy in everything that we wear and that 
we watch. Be holy in what we read and what we listen to. Be holy in the words that we say and the words we listen to. Be holy in our attitudes and our actions. Man, I wish to goodness that we had somebody take off running and shouting the aisles because this is a, a shouting message. Amen. Because the closer you get to him, the closer you get to his holiness. The closer you get to him, the closer you get to his holiness. Throw up Revelation 4 and 6. Praise team, make your way. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes. Notice, before and behind. They're before the throne, crystal glass. Look at verse 8, jumping to verse 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They're in the throne room. They're right next to the very presence of his, his, his throne and where he resides. And these beasts had eyes everywhere. What were they were seeing? What they saw within and what they saw without elicited this response. Holy, holy. Can we right now say, I'm going to look within. Not, I'm not looking to my neighbor and not looking to someone in my, but me. I'm looking within. Lord, can I say holy? I'm looking without in my life. Can I say holy? The four beasts that were full of eyes. Amen. They were saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. The closer you get to Him, the more revelation you have of His holiness. The closer you get to Him, the more revelation you have of what it means to be holy. I want to be holy. Would you stand with me, please? When we focus on God's presence, we see His holiness. Can I just ask you today to stop focusing on doing and start focusing on being? The doing will come. We get stumbled on the doing. We get, we get stumped by the actions. We can debate actions. But let's worry about being. I want to be like Him. Oh God, let me be like Him here. Then this will work itself out. Every time. Somebody say every time. Let's make the focus on being holy. And not the focus on doing holy. Being holy is focusing on a progressive, growing, and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. When you look at Jesus when He came, His focus was on things like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, being, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, being, not doing. Blessed are the meek being, not doing, they shall inherit the earth. And he goes on and on and he hammers throughout his sermon on the mount about being. I want to be first before I try to do. If I try to do first, 
I can get tripped up. But if I be first and then start doing, there's no devil in hell that can stop me because I've experienced it. I've experienced it. Lord, right now, we step into your throne room. Lord, we're not stepping into a list of rules, but rather wholeness. Wholeness before you. And we lift our voice. Can you just begin to lift up your hands right now and begin to just simply say, Holy, Holy. Lord, and you wouldn't call me to be holy, Lord, without empowering me with that same ability to be holy, to be like you. Lord, but it takes that I get into your throne room, that I get into your presence, God, and I follow after you hard, and I pursue after you hard, and I've got to chase you hard to know you, to know you. Thank you, Lord. I want to tell you one thing, and then I'm going to bring you to the altar. I know in talking to my dad, and I know in talking to many that go to this church, there was a day where people just simply said, I'm pursuing God for Him to talk to me. My dad, when he was seeking the Holy Ghost, had a big old coffee pot that come up on the altar. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get rid of this and I'll fill you with the Spirit. Oh, you don't know. You don't, you don't know what that meant. See, my dad was raised in South Louisiana where they serve you coffee in cups about this big. And you drink that kind of coffee like that. Why, why, why you got that little, well, you take a drink of it and you'll realize why it's just a little cup like that. Chicory. Hard coffee. Folks, they would put coffee in babies' bottles and feed babies this coffee. My dad said his first memory was by a spoon being fed coffee. And the Lord said to him, you're pursuing after me. I'm giving you experienced truth. Be willing to give this up. Why would God do that? That, that seems harsh. I'm going to tell you, he went to the cross for me. He died on the cross for me. He gave his life for me. If he asked me to give up coffee, that wouldn't be any, any problem for me. Now it might be something else, but... He, you understand what I'm saying? But it is that experience of truth. And he had to fight. God delivered him from cigarettes, but he had to fight to give up coffee. But God filled him with the Holy Ghost because of a pursuit. Lord, I pursued you. Anybody want to pursue the Lord today? Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.